This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. My grandmother passed away. I can't get this time back with her. I can't get a cultural portrait with her. And I wish with all my heart that that is something that I could have today, and I don't. And because I don't have that, I truly want to give it. I want to be able to help families to have these in their homes. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Mapuana Reed, and she has pretty much mastered the genre of taking cultural portraits. And not only is her work just incredibly beautiful, but she's really smart about how she markets it. And because she believes just so much in the power of these portraits, it's something that has, she's just gotten really great at selling. So Mapuana ends up sharing with us just a little bit about how she lost her identity after becoming a mom, and she really just needed to find something for herself, and little did she know that what she is so passionate about doing would turn into an income that is more than she ever dreamed she could make. So Mapuana definitely worked hard to get to the point where she's at, that's for sure, and it's just really great to hear about her success. So please enjoy listening to the amazing Mapuana all the way from Hawaii. Hi, Mapuana. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for being here and letting me interview you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. You are in beautiful Hawaii, I'm assuming. I am, yes. You said earlier that you had the air conditioning on when we were testing your sound, and I was feeling really jealous because we got three (laughs) inches of snow last night. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We need this AC. If I don't have it, I'm going to be all sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) At least this is audio only, so you're good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm so excited to talk to you today. I know you are just really doing such an amazing job with your business. And especially over the last year, I know you've made a ton of progress. And so I'm excited just for you to tell everyone what you've been doing and how you've been doing it. And as always, I like just to kind of give people a background of where you came from and how you started and just all of the good stuff that happened leading up to now. So would you mind just giving us a background of, yeah. of yeah, your story? Okay. So, you know, when I was in my 30s, I'm 45 now. So when I was in my 30s, Are you 45? I, I am. And I'm you proud don't look, of it. You're yeah. older than me. You do not look 45. That's just a total side note. Yeah. I'm actually going to be 46 in April. So next month I'll be 46. Oh, wait, you're a day before me, right? I'm April 26. Aren't you the 25th? Oh, yeah. I'm the 25th. I'll be 43. Yes. We'll have to celebrate. Yes, we will. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, so you're going to be 46. So I'm going to be 46. So in my 30s, you know, in in my my late 20s, I was going to school and I thought I wanted to become a nurse. So I was going to school for that. And then I met my husband. We're dating and then we got married. And I kind of knew that nursing wasn't really for me, but I just kept doing it because I thought, well, what else am I going to do? You know, and so then I met my husband. We got married. A few years went by and then I got pregnant And during that time, I have three stepdaughters. They came to live with us. So in a short span of time, I got married. I had the stepdaughters come live with us. And then I got pregnant. And then during that time, I was like, I I started to feel like I was losing myself. You know, my husband works in the film industry. So he was always gone filming somewhere Mm. for months at a time. So he would only be home for like a weekend a month. And so 
I started to feel like I'm starting to lose myself. Like, I don't know. You know, I was just being wife and being mom. And that's totally fine. But there was nothing that was there for me, just for me and me alone. And then I thought, I'm starting to feel like I don't even know what color I like, what food I like, what song I like. And then I got pregnant. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I need to find something that is just for me. Mm-hmm. So I told my husband, I was like, I think I want to be a baker, you know. A, a baker? Like, like I'm going to be a baker and wow, I'm going to bake did. and I'm going to open a bakery. Yeah. And so I told him this and then he, I was like crying and I was like, I need to find myself, you know, like I feel Aww. like I'm totally losing myself. And yeah. he, he, he makes good money. So he was like, well, what do you, whatever you want to do, like, you know, you're so unhappy. Like, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a baker. So I found a class um, in our neighborhood. We were living in California at that time. And so I found a class and it was a two-day class for $1,400. And I thought, I'm going to take this class for $1,400 and I'm going to be a baker. So I told him that. And then he said, so you're telling me the class is for two days and by Sunday you're going to open a bakery? And he said, I was like, yes, I am. You know, and I believe that that is what I was going to do. And then he said, people go to culinary school for years to do this. Like, how are you going to do this in two days? And I remember telling him, like, you are crushing my dreams. Like, you know, and I think at that (laughs) point, I was like going to have a nervous breakdown. So he was like, whatever you want to do, go be a baker, go spend the 1400, you know. But I remember coming home. And I remember putting all the pastries that I made and everything on the table. And I looked at him and I was like, nope, I'm not going to be a baker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so hard because like you're in a space where, like you said, being a mom 24-7 all day long without any sort of outlet for yourself can be totally exhausting. And I give you credit for trying some things out. Like even if being a baker didn't work out, at least you tried that. Right. Yeah. So that didn't work out. And then I thought, I still wanted to find something for myself. So I just let a couple of months go by and I thought, okay, I don't want to give him a heart attack. I'm just buying all kinds of things. I'm trying to find myself. So <laughs> let me just kind of take it easy. So I remember I came across a blog by Naomi Messina and she's a photographer out in Utah. And she photographs like beautiful, you know, she does so much beautiful work. She photographs Polynesian people and I'm part Samoan and I thought, This is so beautiful. Like, I've never seen Polynesian people photographed like this. And she was doing weddings and just basic, like, headshots and all that stuff. And so I was so drawn to that. I was reading her blog, and I remember she said that she was going to be in California. So I messaged her, and I said, oh, I would love to do a mentoring ship with you, and I would love to, you know, love to sign up. And then she emailed me, and I paid online and all that, and she emailed me, and she said, okay, I just have a couple of questions. How long have you been shooting? What are you hoping to get out of this? What type of camera do you have? Just like all the basics. And I messaged her back, and I told her, I don't have a camera, but I know if I have one, I'll be really good at this, you know? <laughs> and she was like, well, you kind of need a camera, like, to do this, you know? <laughs> and so I told her, I was like, well, what camera do you have? And I think she had like the Canon 5D Mark II or Mark I at that point. And so I went out and I was like, well, you have a Canon, so I'm going to go get a Canon. Canon must be good. So I went to Costco and I got their most expensive Canon camera that I could find. And I kept the receipt and I Xeroxed the receipt and I stapled it to my calendar. And the reason I went to Costco was because they had a 90-day return policy. And I thought in 90 ah. days... If I can't do this in 90 days, I need to return this camera because I can't keep trying to find myself and spending 1400 for the baking class and spending all this money. And so I just remember when the 90 days was up, I remember, like I circled it in red on my calendar and I remember I watched the days go down and I remember when the 90th day was up and I looked at that calendar and I thought, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a photographer. Oh, Wow. So then what? What do you do next? So you had the mentorship. You had your camera now. Yep. So I had the mentorship. Yep. I had my camera. So she taught me everything. She taught me like what ISO was. And I was calling it ISO. Like I didn't know it was ISO. I was like, you know, the ISO. And she's like, the what? (laughs) (laughs) You know? So she taught me where the on button was, ISO, shutter speed, all that kind of good stuff. And at that point, I was 
just wanting to photograph anything and anybody. So living in California, people love their dogs. So I was photographing dogs. I was doing couples. I was going to the park, you know, and just anyone that would allow me to photograph them, I was doing it. We come from a Polynesian family, so we have a lot of cousins and stuff. So we'd go to like my family barbecues and I would be there with my camera and I would be like, let's go on the side of the house and I pretend we're at the park. Now just walk towards me and do this and do yeah. that. <laughs> you know, I look at those photos now and thank God I had my cousins to practice on because now I look at those photos. They're not even in focus. Like, at, But at that <laughs> point, I remember, like, I remember taking those photos and thinking like, these are the best best photos ever guys you know <laughs> oh totally I can relate to that so much so, oh gosh yeah. some of my earlier stuff I'm like what I know but at the time it feels great we're like okay like this is good we're getting somewhere which is you know yes I was like do you see how blurry the background is I did that and like you know <laughs> like, yeah and so I would just practice and practice and practice on all my cousins and neighbors and family members and even to the point, if I didn't have anybody to practice on, I would go outside, and this sounds so crazy now, but I would take two pen holders, like two cups, and I put a pen in them, and I would separate them. I put one in front of the other, and I would take a picture of the pen in the front and see how blurry the background was for the other pen. And then I'd move my focal point, and I'd take a picture of the pen in the back, and I was like, man, this is amazing. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, that's good. I love that, though. You were already at that early stage trying to hone your craft with what you had, you know, and what you knew how to do. I think that's awesome. Right. Yeah. So that's how I started. Yeah. And, and okay, so at what point did you start charging? I mean, you were practicing and doing all this, but when did money come in? So then I started charging. This is the craziest thing. I don't even know if this is embarrassing or what to even say, but I was charging $25. Two five. <laughs> That's not unusual. Dot. It's not unusual when you're starting. Seriously. Been there, done that. But $25. And that basically included, like, that's $25 for about 140 edited photos, high res, everything. Like, I was like, you know, and I thought that that was good. And I, now looking back and I'm like, what in the world was I thinking, you know? <laughs> So I started off at $25 and then people started to book, you know, and then I remember I raised it to 50. I remember telling my husband, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm doubling my prices and it's going to be 50 bucks. And my poor husband, bless his heart, because oh my gosh. he just came along for the ride with me on this one. And I was like, I'm making it big time. I was like $50, you know, and he was like, all right. Like, I think he was just going along with it to make me happy. But I was like, Babe, I'm making 50 bucks. Like, you know, like this was just so funny. Yeah, this is like so amazing to me that someone like I could double my price. I go from 25 to $50 and they were still paying me. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. It, okay. So spoiler alert, though, I, will you let me know what your average sale is now? So now it depends what I'm shooting. So on the low end, it's 3300 So it's 3300 That's like on the low end and then on the high end it's about 12,000. It's a, that's incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. And I knew that that your average I wasn't sure exactly how high, but I knew it was high. And so I wanted people to hear that you went from $25, $50 to yes. like an average of $6,000. So yes. but of course I want everybody to hear how you got to that point and what you're doing now. So all right, so you're doing $50 shoots and then what? So I'm doing $50 shoot and then and then it's going and going and I thought, you know, and then I remember Naomi telling me she's like, "Mops, you could raise your prices, you know, like $50 kind of low and stuff." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So then I went to I went from 50 to 150. And I was like, man, like, I'm a professional. I'm at 150. Like, that's what I thought, you know. So I went to 150. And then I did that for a little bit. And I didn't believe, like, I, I was just still tripping out that people were paying me $150. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. until I met Sue. And I remember her saying that you, she was like, you can do this, Mapu. And it was at a point where I thought, like, I wanted to do it, and I wanted to make that money, but it's almost like I needed permission, which is so crazy. But I remember when she said it, it was kind of like when she told me, like, I could do it, like, Mapu, you can do this. 
it's like she gave me the permission and I was like, okay, that's what I needed. And then boom, it just took off from there. But it's so weird. Like I could have done it even without her permission. But it's just, it's almost like when someone else believes that you can, then you believe that you can. Mm -hmm. So like I didn't believe that I could. But when Sue Bryce told me, Mapu, you could do this. And I thought... Well, she's Sue Bryce, so if she thinks I could do this, I probably really can do this because, you know, because she says I could do this. So it's it's almost like you just need one person to believe in you, and then you believe in yourself. Like, you just get that permission, and you're like, all right, I can do this. Yeah, And I don't even think she knows that, yeah. Yeah, it definitely helps, too, for sure. <laughs> it does. And then... You know, from then on. And I remember I used to always call my husband and be like, oh, my gosh, I made a $150 sale. And he was like, that's so awesome, you know. And then when I raised my prices, I remember calling him and thinking like, oh, my gosh, I just made $1,200. And he was like, wow, you know. And yeah. then now, like, I may, I, he's like, what are you doing today? I'm like, oh, I'm going, I got two sales sessions going on today and stuff. And now when I tell him, like, or I don't even call him. Like, I could make $12,000 in one shoot. And he'll call and he was like, well, how was your day? I was like, great. And he was like, okay, well, what'd you make? I'm like, 12000 And he's like, man, you used to call me before telling me how excited you were for a, 150 Now you're like, 12000 <laughs> Because now I think I'm very, very grateful for it. But that's what I expect to get paid. Like, you know, it's, it's the value mm -hmm. that I put in is what they're paying me. Well, you create some really special sort of portraits. And and I say that because I've seen your Instagram and I've seen your work. And the cultural portraits that you do are really breathtaking and they're really powerful. And Thank you. Yeah, and not to say that there's a certain photograph that is worth more or less, but I can see how people would might value seeing, you know, their own cultural portrait almost as like a wedding day or, you know, it just seems like it could yes, be. Yes, totally. Yeah. So tell me about that. Tell me about the cultural portraits and what you do. So with the cultural portraits, it, it started off, I, I grew up with part at my parents and then part with my grandmother. So my grandmother is pure someone and I grew up in her home and on the walls, all I ever saw growing up in her home was cultural portraits because in mm -hmm. Samoa, like that's what they have, you know? So I grew up looking at my grandmother, my great-grandmother, my great-great-grandmother, and looking at that and thinking, this is so beautiful. Like, looking at those portraits and being able to hear stories about my great-grandmother, who I never got to meet, from my grandmother, you know, like her telling me stories and looking at her photos and stuff like that. Like, I f almost felt like I knew her. Mm -hmm. And so when my grandmother passed away i don't know what happened to all those photos and i thought like man like if like where are all those photos and if no one's taking them now like what are all the other people doing with their photos like do they have photos of their grandmother and there's going to come a time that these photos are going to be the most valuable thing that they own mhm mm and so doing the cultural portraits it just reminds me you know it reminds me so much of, of my grandmother. And she passed away while I was starting up my business. She passed away about 10 years ago when I was starting up my business. And I wish so much that I had these portraits of myself with her and I don't. Mm -hmm. I wish that this is something that I could have had for myself. And because I can't have this for myself, I want to give this to others. Like, my grandmother passed away. I can't get this time back with her. I can't get a cultural portrait with her. And I wish with all my heart that that is something that I could have today, and I don't. And because I don't have that, I truly want to give it. I want to be able mm -hmm. to help families to have these in their homes. I want to mm -hmm. have these portraits up on these people's walls so that when that little girl who's six years old has that portrait with her grandmother when she has grandkids she can tell her grandchildren this is my grandmother and this is her name and this is what she looks like yeah but yeah so it's just I wish I could have that and it's something that I don't and I could never have anymore and I want to be able to create and give this to families you just gave me such a really powerful visual of a little girl looking up at a yeah. beautiful wall portrait yes. of her mm -hmm. grandmother and her mother or her great grandmother, and and with her eventually being in the photo. And again, like I don't, I just have this this visual of this huge portrait on the wall. Do you sell 
large wall portraits or, you know, what is... I do. You do. Okay. I I had a feeling. (laughs) Yes. So that's where my high sales come in at is that, you know, I tell my clients, this is not for you now. This is for the next generation and generations to come. This is for them, you know, Mm -hmm. and... And I know my prices are high, but I know that when they look at that, they think like, this is for my family. This is for Mm -hmm. forever, you know. Right now, they're thinking about the price. Like, okay, how much is this going to cost? Down the line, when that grandmother is no longer here, price is not even going to be a thing. You know, it's going to be the photos. it's not. Yep. Yeah. These photos... These photos, like that six-year-old girl looking at her grandmother, that's a ticket back to a moment you will never in your life be able to get. And that there is priceless. Mm-hmm. And and what you do is so beautiful. Just the different like rich colors, the reds and the greens yeah. and your color tones and everything are just, it's really, really beautiful. Thank you. You know, being here in Hawaii, there's a lot of Polynesians, especially where I live. I live out in Laie on the North Shore. There's Samoans from Samoa, Tongans from Tonga, you know, Fijians from Fiji. So Mm -hmm. we have a lot of pure Polynesian people from their land. And it's this is important to them. So I recently did a shoot with a family. They flew here from Canada. It was the grandmother, the mother, and her three daughters. And when we were done with the shoot before they left, the grandmother hugged me and she said, thank you so much for this because when I am no longer here, this is what I leave for my family. It's these portraits. Wow, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And, and coming from the grandmother too, it just like gives me chills. Now, were they wearing like culturally traditional clothing or was it just, you know... Yes, they were. But it doesn't matter what you're wearing. It's the people that are in the photos. It doesn't matter what outfit you have on as long as it's the photo itself that's the most important thing. It's the people in the photo, not what you're wearing. Right, right. For sure. We actually have a lot of members who post in our Facebook group who do these generational photo shoots. Yes. And I don't know if people would necessarily call them cultural because there isn't like, you know, what a traditional outfit or anything but it really is a cultural type thing it is it's it's their family it's their it is it's the same feeling it's it's the photo itself that's the most important thing because when that grandmother is no longer here regardless of what she's wearing or what culture you come from it's the love for the family members that you have that are in that portrait that is what you want yeah like I don't want people out there to think that this isn't something you can do just because you don't have you know a cultural specific no. area that you live no. in or or whatever. Like, I feel like this is something you can really hone in on with a marketing strategy that, hey, this is your family and this is important. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. You could do the exact same thing. You could do the exact same poses. You could do the exact same thing with them wearing normal everyday clothes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And people do yep. do that and make great sales doing it for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. And that's not to say that if someone doesn't have the sort of culture, like my family doesn't have like certain things that we wear, traditional clothing that we wear, or right. you know, there's no, there's really, I mean, we have our own little weird traditions for sure, mm-hmm. but it's not anything you could really put so much into a portrait. But I think the idea is being photographed with the family members that you love and making it a yes. timeless piece to pass yes. down from generation to generation. I don't think it matters what culture you are or oh yeah, you know what your culture looks like. I think it doesn't matter what you're wearing in the photo. It's yeah, the people yeah, yeah. in the photo. Yeah. Yeah, and just just the the story behind it can be so incredibly just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. tell us a little bit more about how these sessions work and how you price them. Like, is there a session fee and how many people do you allow and all that good stuff? Okay, so there's a session fee. My session fee is $375. And that includes hair and makeup for one person. That includes the ordering appointment, the shoot in the studio. And that also includes the pre-consultation. So if there's more than one person and they want additional hair and makeup, it's an additional $150 per person for the hair and the makeup. You know, that's paid when they're booking the shoot. Mm-hmm. So as of January 1st this year, I recently changed it. So I changed it to 375 plus my smallest package. So my smallest package is three digitals for $800. And trust me, no one ever buys that. Really? I had one person buy that last year, and it was just because she did a family shoot with me. And then she needed three headshots because she's writing a book. So she came back and just did her headshots right after. Okay, gotcha. But so it's a 375 
is a session fee plus $800. And that has to be all paid prior to your shoot date. So you pay that to book the shoot, and then we do the shoot. And two weeks after the shoot, at your ordering appointment, you then have $800 credit to use towards anything you want to purchase. Okay. Wait, say that again. How much credit do you have? $800. So you pay the $375 for the session fee, plus you pay $800. And then at your ordering appointment two weeks after your shoot, that's when you will do your ordering appointment. And then at that time, you'll have $800 to use towards anything you decide to purchase. Okay, gotcha. So then do you have samples or, you know, albums or wall portraits or just things like laying out for them to look at? Or do you pre-print things? Or what do you, how do you do that? So what I do is I have wall art up on the wall when they come to the studio so they see that. And I either have the metal or the canvas for them to look at. And then I also have the folio box. Okay. So normally my sales are normally, it's a folio box of 20. So it goes 10, 20, or 30. But normally people buy my middle package, which is 20, and that's $3,000 for the folio box. And then if we're doing a family shoot, they'll also buy one for the wall. So that's where my sales start to become high. It's when they start adding on the wall art. Yeah, it seems like with this sort of shoot, I mean, you could do Mother's Day gifts and birthday presents, holiday, Christmas, you know, whatever people celebrate. It's like, okay, think about ahead of time, your Christmas shopping for your grandmother and your mother could be done here right now in this sales session. Yes. And then within the folio box, you know, it comes with 20. So then in that 20, they're giving two to grandma, two for them, two to the sister, or whoever they want to split it up among, you know. Right. Okay. So tell us about a folio box. So for people out there who might not understand what the folio box is, give us an idea of what yours looks like and what you do. Okay. So my folio box, I ordered that from Graphy Studio and it's a beautiful box. And Sue also sells the same It's a black leather box and it is 11 by 14 is the mat and the photo itself in it is an 8 by 10. Okay. So they they could choose. I sell the folio box either in 10, 20, or 30. So for 10 portraits, it's 2,000. For 20, it's 3,000. And then for 30, it's 4,000. Okay. And then they can add on the... And then they can add on for the wall portraits and stuff. So, I mean, obviously this is all... Amazing. And I know you've gotten to a point where you're really confident now, like you said, telling your husband it's not that big of a deal for you now to make these $12,000 sales. I'm wondering, yes. has it always been, I know you said it, it took you a little while to understand and believe that you could do it. But from that point up until now, was there any sort of up and down or did you always feel like, okay, this is easy. I can do this. No, in the beginning, I didn't think it was easy. In the beginning, I remember when Sue told me to raise my prices and then so I did and I doubled it. And then I remember it went quiet for a while. And then I think I spoke to her like a month after I raised my prices and she's like, how are you doing? And I was like, well, it's kind of quiet. And she said, it's okay. Stay the course. It'll be quiet for a little bit. And she's like, just keep shooting, do what you need to do. Keep posting, keep shooting. She said, but it will pick up. She's like, don't be afraid of this quiet time. It'll be okay. And that's what I did. I just kept, you know, I just kept getting my cousins and shooting and posting. And and then slowly but surely, it just started to pick back up again. But it was scary raising my prices. You know, I thought, can I do this? And will they pay me? Like, will, yeah. like yeah. yeah, like, are they really going to pay me this amount? That's always the question. Yeah, and it's scary. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, are they going to be like, ah, no. I mean, I think everyone goes through that sort of. But at the same time, there was no way that you could ever be sustainable charging, you know, what you were charging before. Exactly. I think the scariest part was thinking, am I worth this? Mm -hmm. Are they going to pay me? And am I worth this amount? Mm -hmm. You know, like saying like my prices are $3,000. Am I worth $3,000? And it was just in my mind. It was just me questioning myself. Yeah. Well, and and it's something that we talk about too is – is once you get one of those first big sales, I think it's a really big confidence booster. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, I don't know if you've heard any. We've done a couple episodes where people share about their first $1,000 sale. And it really is such a confidence booster because once you see that one person will pay it, it opens up a whole, you know, door of of people. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then you start to believe you get you do it once and you're like, wow, I did that. And you, you, you know, you're so proud of yourself. Like, wow, I actually did it. And then you do it a second time. 
and then a third time and a fourth time. And you're like, all right, I'm getting the hang of this. Like, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's the question of, am I worth it? I know something that shifted for me was this is the time, especially after I had my kids and even before I had my kids, but this is the time I'm spending away from my family. Yes. It's not easy work to do the shoot and the editing and, you know, it's hours and hours of time. But man, it is something that we really, truly put our heart and soul into. And in the end, this is what it costs. And people choose to spend that or they don't, you know, and when they choose to spend it, it's not like we're holding them down and stealing their money. And this is something that I've I've definitely learned from Sue. It's like this even exchange Exactly. here's my service and then you pay me for it. So I think to myself, like when when I do a shoot, I am giving my all. I am doing the best I possibly can in this moment with what I have. And this, it truly is my best. And so when I do the shoot and I show them their work, like at the ordering appointment, I feel like my work is already done. Like I've done my best and here you go. Like this is what what I've created for you and your family. And at that point, it's then... It's their turn to be like, okay, like, this is what I want. I want this. I want that. I want this, you know. But I truly believe that I am giving you my best that I currently have right at this moment. This is my best Mm -hmm. that I can offer to you. Yeah. And in exchange, they're going to pay you. Right. Right. For sure. And they're getting these amazingly beautiful portraits that are going to outlast us. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you getting all of these clients? Where are they all coming from? So the same thing, I started back with my family. I just, you know, my poor family, I'm like photographing them for everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I get my cousins, I get friends, and I'm like, I have this idea, guys. And, you know, this is what I want to do. I honestly think that the greatest thing about photographing people who are close to you is you don't have the fear of failure. Mm, Like mm -hmm. I thought, I just want to do this. And if, if it's great or if it sucks... It's going to be okay because this is just, these are my cousins. Like, they'll still love me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So regardless, like, if it really sucked, it's going to be okay. Like, I I didn't have the fear of failure. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's good. Well, I I wonder, though, if you've got that kind of personality because you were like, I'm going to this baking class and I'm going to do it. And yes. And you tried it and it didn't work, but okay, that's fine. I'm going to try something else. Like, I love that about you that you're not trying to figure out the how and the what ifs and all of that you just kind of go for it yeah it's really cool I I think a lot has to do with my husband too you know he's very supportive and he's supportive but at the same time I think he has his doubts on some things when I'm starting to go a bit crazy so like when I told him I wanted to be a photographer I remember so you got to figure I just came off of that whole baking class thing and then a few months went by and I said all right I think this is it I want to be a photographer and I remember he told me, he said, is this going to be like the treadmill that we bought that you never use and now you like hanging your laundry on it to dry? And I remember I was like, how dare you? I am like so crushed right now. Like, I'm like, I'm going to be the best photographer out there. And he was like, mm-hmm, like the baking. I was like, yes. <laughs> You're like, don't you crush my dreams. Don't you crush my fun. dreams. I know. And at the meantime, he's holding it down financially while I'm trying to find myself here. <laughs> right. With all with with kids and a house. Yeah, to, exactly. You know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So your family then. So I know you. we were talking a little bit about how you were getting your class. So you were yes. shooting family members and it was it was just coming from that? So it started from there. So I would shoot like my cousins and families and neighbors and stuff. And it just it just grew from there. So I would photograph one person and I'd post it. And then I would tag them online and then their friends would see it. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh, this is beautiful. Then people started to email me. And, you know, I would love to do this. And then I'd send them my prices. And some booked and some didn't. But it was okay. I was at a point where I was like... Like Sue says, you're not going to buy every dress you try on. Right. So I was okay. Like some people booked and some people didn't. But the people that did book, I like really made sure I was like, I am doing my best here. Like, you know, I want to photograph them in the best way possible. I want to give my all. I am giving you everything I have in me to create these portraits. Yeah. Well, you bring up a good point that some people are going to book and some aren't. And that's okay. Yeah. It is okay. Yep. The law of averages, you know, like you said, not everyone is going to walk into a car dealership and buy a car that day. Exactly. And and it's crazy because sometimes clients who didn't book 
you know, initially might come back one, two, even three years later. They do. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's again, again, they keep seeing their friends, their colleagues, their neighbors with their photos. And it becomes this like, OK, I'm ready. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like if you just keep keep pushing forward and keep marketing and keep those people who said no, it might have just been a not yet, not necessarily like a hard no. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I notice with my clients is I, I feel like all my clients who come in, there's something that's going on with them. There, there's a shift that's happening in their life. So regardless if they're getting married or getting divorced, they're coming in. I, I have clients who had a double mastectomy, and then I have clients who just got a new boob job, and they're coming in for a boudoir shoot. Right. I have clients coming in who their mother just got diagnosed with cancer, and they're like, Mampu, my mother just got diagnosed with cancer. I really... Our family really wants to, you know, take these portraits. There's always a backstory on why they're getting photographed. And it's so it's so interesting for me to find out. You know, they come into hair and makeup and I hear their stories and yeah. it's just there's always a shift happening and then they come in to do their portraits. Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, it's definitely I think a lot of what we do, we've talked about this before. Where a lot of what we do, yes, it's about portraits, but it's also about the experience and and just having that time with a family member or, you know, how you make them feel. Like if someone just had a double mastectomy, maybe she just really needs to feel beautiful right now. And you get to do that for, for her. And I think that's a huge part of what we do. Exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned boudoir, and I know I've seen some of your maternity work as well. What other, tell me a little bit more other than just the cultural generational shoots. What else do you do? Family, glamour, a maternity, boudoir, and the generational shots. And you're all in your studio. Yes. I love being in my studio. I mean, Hawaii is a beautiful place, but it's hot. I don't want to be outside and sweaty. <laughs> and so I love being in the studio. Yeah. Tell me about your studio. What does it look like? How big is it? So my studio is about uh, like 750 square feet. So it's not really big, but it's not really small either. And it's a, it's perfect. I have a little office within the studio. I have a hair and makeup chair. And I have like a little, just just a couch with a wardrobe rack and a little shooting area. Okay. Yeah. But I, I love being here. It's where I come to create. And this is your time away too from being mom and being wife, right? Yes, it is. Yes. So this is my time. I need this time. Like I have a total of six kids. So I need to have some time to just be out of my house and just be me and come to my studio and, you know, just be able to be me without being mom all the time. Right. And so how is life different for you now that you have this you know, incredible business. Thinking back to what, you know, when you first got married and got pregnant and had your stepkids and all of that, and you were like yes. going crazy, you know, how are things different? Things are better. So my husband takes a lot of time off now, which is wonderful. So because my business is going, now he doesn't have to be out of town filming so much. So he he's home a lot now. Like he, I mean, what are we, March? Last The last show he did was in December. So he'll take like maybe four to six months off of the year. So that's really great. I just feel like it's helped our family where my husband can be home more and he doesn't have to work mm-hmm. as hard and be away from us as long. Do you think he ever believed that <laughs> that this would happen, that you'd you know put him down a part-time? <laughs> oh, probably not because he has a really good job. So he probably never, never believed that I could ever make this amount. And I don't even think I believed I could make this amount. Like when I look at the end of the year and I, I, like I log on to my QuickBooks and stuff and I'm like, wow. Like, I can't believe I did that. I I mean, even if you take it back to every single shoot, when they hand over that credit card or they're writing me the check or whatever, in that moment, I feel so grateful, so very grateful to be able to do this, to do something that I love so very much, and to be able to get paid really, really well for it. Yeah. I just have so much gratitude for every single client that walks towards my door and allows me to photograph them. I love that. And it's such an important energy to have. Yes. Yeah. You know, to have that gratitude. I know sometimes with, you know, when when you're charging at the higher end of industry standards, sometimes people can get really tripped up by that and start to have, you know, these just thoughts creeping in, like, am I charging too much and that sort of thing. And I know that's something that I've learned a lot. Again, like all my money issues, I've, I've really solved a lot of my money issues from the stuff that Sue teaches around the money and just, you know, having the gratitude and the equal exchange for service and your time. It's just, Mm -hmm. if you can get to that place of gratitude, 
and they're happy and you're happy and they're feeling like you took such great care of them. Yes. It's just such a cool place to be. Then it's it's not about the money. It's about the value is what it is. It's about what you are giving them. You are giving them something that one day they will never be able to have. And whether that day is soon or later or whatever it is, like having these portraits with these people that you love so much, there's going to come a time where the people in the portrait won't be here anymore, but we will right. still have these portraits. You're giving them something that is truly, truly, truly priceless. Now, do you charge the same amount for maternity and boudoir? Is it all the same? Yes, or do you just, yep. y- all the is. same. Okay. Yes, yeah. So it's, it's up to you if you want 10, 20, 30. They're all the same price. Okay. And then what's your biggest seller as far as print products? Like, is it an album? Is it a wall portrait? What do people tend to be drawn to? Normally, every single person will get a folio box. So if you're doing a boudoir shoot, they don't really get the 30 by 40 of themselves. But when I'm doing my cultural portraits or anything family related, then that's when they're starting to go more towards the folio box plus wall art. And I do it in a way so when they come to the studio, everything is up on the wall. So before they leave, I tell them, I will see you in two weeks. When you come back, that's the time where we're going to go through all of your photos. We're going to watch a behind-the-scenes video. And at that time, that's when you choose. So from now until then, I want you to take a look around your home and decide where you want to place these portraits. This is a 30 by 40, this is a 40 by 60, and this is a 24 by 30. So I'm planting the seed for them prior to them leaving that when you come back, you're probably going to want to buy wall art, you know? Yep, so smart. That's so smart. And then I'm very transparent where my my prices are on my website. And then even before they come in, I'll send them an email or a text with my price list. And I said, anyone coming in, please share this price list with them. So that way no one's, you know, surprised at the prices. Mm. So anyone's going to be here, please do this. And then I'll have like, if a husband and wife is coming, the wife will be like, can I just bring my husband just so that way he can help me pick? But I know the prices. I just don't want him to know the prices. <laughs> so I'm like, it's totally up to you. But as long as, you know, we're kind of on the same page, you know. So sometimes the husband will come and he'll just take a look and then she'll ha- ask him like, honey, can you grab my something, my cell phone from my car or something? And then when he leaves, she's like, here, girl, here's my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, and you bring up a really, really valid point is that if they are going to bring someone, because if, you know, when when the family's involved, when it's family photos, it is really important that the person who's in charge of paying knows what they're going to be paying for sure. Like, I don't want anyone surprised and I don't want them to even be like, what? I thought this was only going to be 200 and now here we are at 7,000, you know? So I don't want them to be shocked. I want everyone to know upfront exactly what we're getting. Oh, for sure. That's so important to, for people to know t- full transparency, what your pricing is prior to booking, prior to accepting the session fee from them. That is like key. Yes. I had one really low sale when I was first starting out and it was totally my fault. I was still at the point where I couldn't confidently say what I charged and I skirted around it. And when it came time for the photo reveal, she was like, wait, how, wait, what? Mm -hmm. And it was, it was horrible. It was embarrassing. And I learned my lesson really quick, never to do that again. And that I need to be fully transparent. Same here. So it's on my website. And then also the first email that I ever sent out to them, it's attached in that email. So, you know, when they're like, hi, I'm interested in booking a shoot. So my email will go something like, thank you for contacting me. I would love to do a photo shoot with you. Here's a link to my YouTube channel with all my behind the scenes videos so you can kind of see what we do. And then the session fee is $375. This is what you get. Attached is a link to my website, to my products and the different prices that I offer. And, you know, so I just and these are the dates that I have available if you're interested in booking a shoot. And so that's so important, you know, to, you don't want people to come in and thinking like, you don't want them to feel like they're getting tricked into something that they didn't sign up for. Totally. You want them to know exactly what they're buying and exactly how much everything is going to cost. Totally. And I love what you just said, too, because you're not just sending the prices. You're sending behind-the-scenes videos and a beautiful visual of what you do on top of it. And I'm assuming at this point that a lot of your clients, it's referrals now. Is that right? Yes. yes. Yeah. So they already kind of know you and your work and what you do, which is such a great point to be at, you know, to to have built your way up to that is, is really great so that you're able to send them like, here's all of my stuff and read through it all. And let me know if you have questions and that sort of thing. 
So, but was it always like that where you had the referrals coming in? It didn't start off that way. You know, I do remember that in the beginning, I remember I wanted to photograph one of my husband's, um, he has a friend who has a wife. And I remember I asked her like, oh, I would love to photograph you. And, you know, I'm starting to do this boudoir photography and stuff. And I remember she was like, oh, why would I want to do that? And I remember my feelings were so hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so it wasn't always, it wasn't always easy. And it wasn't always like that. I mean, I poured my heart into this business. And when someone told me no, I took it so personally. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't believe she doesn't want me to photograph her. And it's free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But again, the law of averages, some people are going to want to do it and some people aren't, even if it's free. Although if everyone you ask and it's for free is saying no, if everyone is saying no, then it's like, okay, you got to kind of look at something. Why are you turning people off from this and what's happening? But it is. It's a law of averages. Most people are going to say yes, or maybe half the people are going to say yes and half they're going to say no. And then during the sales session, I think my work is already done. I'm here just to present to you what I've created for you. I don't even do much talking during the session. I mean, during the ordering appointment, you know, I just let them see and then they choose. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, all right, this is your chance. You choose whatever it is that you want to purchase. And your work speaks for itself at that point. Yeah. One more thing that I do that I do know that also helped me to bump my average up is I I said one simple thing to them. And because before I was only selling folio boxes and I was like, why am I not selling any wall art? And I thought, am I not asking them? Maybe it's that, you know? So what I started to do is I would do their ordering appointment. They'd pick their favorites. And then I would say this one sentence and all it is is this, would you like anything for the wall? Hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And they would say yes. And then when they would say yes, then my next question would be, what size? And they would say, I want a 30 by 40. I was like, perfect. Simple as that. That simple. And that alone really just took off. It really bumped up my average. big. It, it doubled it, you know. And that's all I had to do was ask. I just had to ask, would you like something for the wall? Yep. Those little tweaks in our language, in our selling language. Yep. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> and they could say yes and they could say no. Yeah. I mean, and it was fine if they said no sometime, or, or sometimes they said, I wasn't planning on it. Can I do the folio box now? And then can I get on a payment plan for the wall art? Because I wasn't planning on getting both. And I'm like, yep, sure. Yeah, that's great. You know? But just ask. You never know unless you ask. And if it's no, it's okay. Right. Because it's not like they're going to be like, how dare you ask if I want to wall portrait you know what I mean like I think exactly how dare you ask if I want that family photo (laughs) right totally I think we need to get over ourselves and just ask like you said and if they say no that's okay but they're not going to be mad that we asked it's not like you're forcing them so yeah that's super good advice really appreciate you giving us that tip Okay, so we are to the point now where I am going to ask you a couple questions that I ask every guest, and I'm wondering if you'll share your answers with me. So the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're shooting? I can't live without probably my water bottle and a reflector. My beat-up reflector that is so beat-up, but I love it so much. Awesome. Is it something that, is it like an actual reflector, or did you make it out of something? No, it's it's that foam core. You know how it's white on one side, black on the other? Yep. That's it. exactly what I that use. That thing That's is so like funny. falling apart, but I love that thing so much. Yeah. It's like yeah. 20 bucks. <laughs> See, what I, well, it's probably way more expensive for you in Hawaii, but at Hobby Lobby, it's like $4 for a two by four. Oh, uh, I think here it's probably like maybe like 12 bucks or something like that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Number two, how do you spend your time when you aren't photographing? Oh, girl, it's with my kids. I'm probably at Costco running around, like trying to take the kids to do their sports, trying to clean my house, just trying to (laughs) keep everyone organized, you know, and keep the family going. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. What about number three is what's your favorite inspirational quote? My favorite quote is my grandmother told me, if your canoe sinks, you swim. You don't go down with it. Ah. Yeah. So my my grandmother Vaitai told me that. Wise grandmother. Yes. Yeah. I have another one, though, and, and that Sue talks a lot about. It's something along the lines of, you will only be as successful as the amount of pain you are willing to endure. Mm-hmm. I love that one too. So that to me is like my two, like I love those two quotes. Yes, thank you. Those are both beautiful and great ways to live for sure. Yeah. And what would you say to people who are just starting out? I would say 
you don't need the permission. You just like, just do it, you know, take it one shoot at a time and be in the moment and photograph them the best way that you know in that moment. Mm -hmm. Be in the moment, see your clients and photograph them in a way that is the most beautiful way that you know how in that moment, regardless if you're just starting and just learning your camera or you've been in it for 10 years, like give them everything you have to photograph them and create these beautiful portraits for them. And don't be afraid to fail. Yeah, that's great advice. When you fall down, don't stay there. It's okay. Learn and get back up. Don't stay down. Like when your canoe goes down, you don't go down with it. You get back up or you teach yourself to swim. Yeah, I love that. It's great advice. Absolutely. We have a choice, you know. You do. Yep. All right. So what's next for you? What do you see in your future? For me, for right now, with this whole coronavirus, it looks like I'll be home (laughs) for a bit, catching up on all my, my educational videos that I never have time for, which is, you know, that's the good thing about being home is I get to do that for right now for the next month. Yeah, but um, I am taking my camera home for the next month, so I can. I still want to shoot. You know, I want to take my kids outdoors, and sometimes I become so busy with just work, work, work that I don't get to photograph my kids. And with all the craziness in the world right now, I get to take my camera home and I get to photograph my kids again. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I brought all my stuff home, and I thought, well, I'm going to be here for a while, so I may as well make the best of it with yeah shooting at home. Yeah. But also besides that, before all this stuff got crazy, I have a bunch of stuff already lined up. I'm going to go to, I'll be shooting in LA. I'm going to go to New Zealand. And then also I'll be in Phoenix, you know, for the Portrait Masters. So I've already booked a couple of shoots for there too. Awesome. That's great. Good to hear. And then where can we find you if people want to see your work online or on social media? Yep. My website is mapuanareed.com and I'll spell it. It's M-A-P-U-A-N-A. R-E-E-D.com. And then that's the same thing for social media. So Instagram is Mapuana Read and Facebook is also Mapuana Read. Uh, I have Mapuana Read Photography on Facebook and I also have my personal account, which is, I think it's Mapuana Read Mataele for my Facebook. But yeah, it's all Mapuana Read pretty much. I encourage you all out there listening to go check out her work. It's just stunningly beautiful. I love it. Thank love, you. Love, love. Thank you yeah. so much. Well, thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I loved it. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35 and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love. And there are posing downloads, lighting downloads. I mean, truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.